Thanks for listening to iTruths, the teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church of Texarkana, Texas. I'm Richard Hornock, the senior pastor of Fellowship Bible Church, and the following is a message that I delivered during one of our Sunday morning worship services. I trust that it will be beneficial to your walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks again. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about when the angel had gone away from them, that the shepherds began saying one to another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby, and he was lying in a manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard about it wondered at the things which were told to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that he had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. My name is Heber. And I watch sheep at night. We shepherds were not very honored or respected. In fact, in society, we are, well, the only ones higher than, uh, that we are higher than are lepers. I suppose that some of it comes from a reputation of thinking that what is thine is mine, but it's only true of some of us. No, the, the, the biggest problem that we shepherds have, well, there's an old saying that says, he who walks with the sheep has difficulty keeping his feet clean. Uh, you want to be a respected Jew, honored among the people, you have to wash. And we don't have opportunity to wash too often. I want to tell you about a night that occurred oh, well over 50 years ago. I, I was assigned to watch the flocks at Migdal Eder. Now, if your Hebrew's a little rusty, uh, Migdal Eder means tower of the flock. 
In the middle of this field, there is a, a huge stone tower, probably 10 feet tall, and at the top, 10 feet crossed. There's a stairway that leads up to the side, and that's where we stand as we watch the flocks. I particularly love to watch the flocks with Nathan. Now, I'd only been on the job for a few months. I had always watched the flocks during the day. But then suddenly my father died. And I was like, why? Why would my father die at just in the prime of life? And then I was compelled to work the night shift. The most trusted shepherds watched the flocks at night because that's when things happen. My father, he particularly loved to watch the flocks with Nathan, and I was so glad that I was assigned to watch with Nathan. You see, Nathan, he knew the scriptures very well. My father and he, they they loved to to discuss the ancient prophets. And, And, well... Nobody takes the time to teach a shepherd the ancient scriptures. But you know, we Jews, we have been around for generations. And you see, our parents, they make sure that we know the story. Oh, we, we, we don't know as much as those people up in Jerusalem or even the people over there in that little town of Bethlehem. But what we do know, we have time to think about it. A lot. That particular night, it, it was dark. We, we had a campfire going on the top of the tower, and, and the light was emanating just a few feet beyond. But if you could see out there, you would see two, three hundred sheep. And, and if you listened intently over there, you would have heard Benjamin blowing his pipe. And, and over there, Eliezer blowing his. And they would be walking among the sheep, soothing them to sleep. Pretty soon, they would come in, and it would be my turn and Nathan's turn. And then we would walk among the sheep, playing our pipes. You see, we were just like King David when he worked these very same fields as a boy. We'd have our sling, our pipe, and our staff. We were shepherds. I suppose some of you that are particularly sharp, you'd probably say, now, isn't it against the Mishnah, the the record of ceremonial regulation? Isn't it against the Mishnah to have sheep so close in to a town, even though Bethlehem is small? I mean, it's only... Not even a mile over to Bethlehem. Why? I thought sheep were supposed to be kept out in the wilderness. Ah, very astute question you ask. You see, these sheep, well, these are special sheep. You see, regularly, a temple servant from Jerusalem will come here and select the best of them. They are the lambs that are used at the temple for the daily sacrifices. These fields have been repositories for animal sacrifice. 
for generations. Well, as I said, I had only been on the job for a couple of months. I was still dealing with the loss of my father and really the kind of the anger of even having to work at night. Young men like to have work during the day and play at night. And I could hear Nathan. He was my father's age, and I knew it was coming. He'd say, Heber. And I knew it was coming. I mean, in two months, he had already said it a dozen times, if not more. Heber, over there in that little town of Bethlehem. Yep, I could repeat it. That's where Messiah was going to be born. You see, I, I have, may, have, may have been just a young man, but I was in that transition when uh, you go from being a boy that has wonder and awe over everything to thinking that manly men, we don't really take the Scriptures too seriously. We have more important things to do with our lives. Nathan said, Heber, over there in that little town of Bethlehem, Messiah is to be born. And then I could quote it with him. It was the prophet Micah who said, but thou Bethlehem Ephrathah. You see, this area is called Ephrathah. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet it is out of ye that will come the one who will be ruler of my people. They'd been saying that for years. Nathan chided me. He said, someday I would appreciate it. He said, my father had much more enthusiasm for such knowledge. Now, I... I was a boy in a man's body, but thought a lot like a fool. It was not but a couple moments later that the sky suddenly, it, it turned from darkness into brilliant light. And, and, and it took a moment for our eyes to adjust. But there on the parapet wall of the top of the tower, there was standing this, this aberration, this, 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 this creature. I think it was an angel. And, and immediately I was just fear struck. I looked at Nathan and he too, he, he was, he was afraid. But then, as the angel began to speak, that fear subsided. He said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It was, it was then that Benjamin and Eliezer, they ran up the steps and they saw the creature. They listened to what he said. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. 
Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And, and this is how you will find him. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then all of a sudden, from, from horizon to horizon, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of angels, and they were all singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And then they rose up, and they were gone. I, I, I suppose the whole incident only lasted a moment. Maybe a moment and a half. We, we looked at one another and, 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 and just kind of mumbled. And, and immediately we knew what to do. We dropped everything. We went down the steps and we started running to Bethlehem. We jumped over the little low walls that partitioned off the pastures. And we got into Bethlehem and the place was teeming with people. And then we looked at one another. It's like, what manger? And, and, and I think it was Eliezer who said, it's got to be the, the, the manger at the stable behind the inn. It, it's the only public manger there is. We thought that's good enough explanation. So we, we turned our way down and we ran down the street and moved into the courtyard of the inn. The inn, it, it looked like a stone fortress. It, there were people all around. I remember there were three men over there. They were gathered by a fire, warming themselves, laughing, joking, drinking. We made our way around the inn, and there on the back side of it was, was like this lean-to structure attached to it. It had a thatched roof, stone walls around, and there was this little opening with canvas over the front of it. I was the first to get to the opening, and I took the canvas, and I pulled it aside, and I peered in. The others, I think, looked over my shoulder. I could see across the stable animals everywhere, but there was a little flickering candle, and it what looked like a woman next to the manger. But then immediately, there was this man that came. He, he was a bit older than me, maybe two, three, four years at most. But he was serious. He looked at us and he said, what do you want? I didn't know what to say. Nathan, Nathan said, we... An angel appeared to us, and he told us that Messiah has been born. He told us that we could find him in the manger. Suddenly, the man's face softened, and he said, I am Joseph. It's true. An angel has appeared to me, and and to my wife as well. And then he invited us to come and see. And as we started moving towards the manger, he said, his name is Jesus. 
I, I looked inside that little manger. And you know how at the most inappropriate times you will have a different thought and you think, why in the world am I thinking that? As I looked at that little baby, he, he was all wrapped in cloths and his limbs were made straight. This is the way we do it so that your limbs stay straight and grow strong. And immediately I thought back a couple of months. It's precisely how we prepared my father for his burial. I thought, were it not for the absence of some myrrh or aloes or spices, it looks as if this baby is prepared for burial. What thoughts to have at such a moment? Messiah was born, the deliverer, the king. Oh, we told the mother what had happened out on the hillside about the angels and the message and the angelic chorus singing. It thrilled us to tell her but she looked so deep in thought as she listened to every word. She never said a word. In Israel, if you have money, before the birth of a child, you will hire musicians to come and they will wait outside your home. And if that baby is a son, they will play music and announce the birth of that son with great, great celebration. And I remember leaning over to Nathan, and I said, Nathan, how sad. There are no minstrels. And Nathan said to me, Heber, <laughs> Remember the angelic chorus? This baby has been celebrated as no Jewish baby before. And I thought to myself, he is right. For no Jewish father has ever done that for his child. After a few moments, it, it seemed appropriate for us to leave. And so we, we said our goodbyes and... And as we left, our hearts and minds were just filled with exuberance. And we, 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 I, I saw the three men out there by their fire. And I came up to them and I told them, Messiah has been born. Messiah has been born. He, he is in the manger behind the inn. He's going to deliver us from Rome. <laughs> they laughed. They were more interested in some other story. We, we made our way back to the flock. <laughs> and amazingly, the, the sheep were all still there. It's almost as if God left a few angels to sub for us, I guess you would say. I hadn't thought about sheep for an hour. Several weeks passed, and there was this caravan that came to town, accompanying some magi 
from the east. Oh, it created such a disturbance because they were come to worship the newly born king. I don't know all that happened, but Herod sent a squad of soldiers and he had dozens and dozens of baby boys killed. And I always wondered what, what, what happened to the baby we worshipped. Nathan, he is such a wise person. He said, God will provide a way. Well, year after year after year after year passed. One decade, another decade. And I began to think that perhaps that, that baby, Jesus, might now be coming into adulthood. Another decade passed. The, the temple servants would come to, to get the sheep for the sacrifices. And Nathan would always ask them, Any word about Messiah? They were very disinterested. No word, Nathan, no word. A couple weeks would pass. Any news about Messiah? No news, Nathan, no news. Regularly, Nathan asked and asked. I had to admire him for his tenacity. You see, I had, I had never told anyone about that night. I discussed it with Nathan, Benjamin Eliezer, but never told a soul what else I had seen. I certainly wasn't going to go asking about Messiah. And then it happened. One day, a temple servant came. He was one of the regulars and Nathan had asked him many, many times about Messiah. And before Nathan even had a chance to ask him the question, the temple servant said, Nathan, you will not believe it. There is a prophet out in the wilderness. His name is John. And he is preaching that people should get ready for the kingdom. He's even baptizing he got his sheep and he headed back to Jerusalem. And as soon as he was gone, I said to, to Nathan, I said, Nathan, this is it. It's Messiah. And Nathan said, no, Heber. The temple servant said this man's name was John. Joseph, the father, said his name is Jesus. Do you know what? It wasn't but about four or five weeks later. That very same temple servant came back and he said, Nathan, Nathan, there is word that this John out in the wilderness has baptized Jesus. And he even has declared him to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, I, I have to admit, 
When I heard that, I, I had mixed feelings. You see, finally we had heard something about a Jesus. It had been 30 years. But I, I didn't know the scriptures well, but I do remember that even Micah, who told us where he would be born, also likened this Messiah to being a shepherd. As I said, we don't have much to be proud of, but Messiah was going to be one of us. And here, a lamb? The, the Messiah is going to be the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? Even Nathan couldn't figure that one out. Well, from then on, every temple servant's visit brought more news. Jesus had healed someone at the pool of Siloam. Jesus had turned water into wine way up in a place called Canaan. They say he even made a dead man come back to life. Blind could see, lame could walk. Messiah was here. But then what had to be one of the darkest days of my life. Passover had just occurred. And a few days later, that, that same temple servant came to gather lambs for the temple sacrifices. We asked him, any news about Messiah? What is going on with Jesus? And he said, have you not heard? They crucified him. He's dead. They buried him. Oh, there's some rumor that he'd come back to life, but that's just his disciples that stole him away. That's what the soldiers said. How could Messiah die? The deliverer. I was so, so shook. I am so glad that Nathan was still alive. You see, by this time he was so feeble, we, we would bring him to the tower and have to actually carry him up the steps, but he didn't contribute much to our effort. But he heard this, and I said, Nathan... Why? And Nathan said, I don't, I don't really know, but what I do know is that God will keep his promises. I may not understand, but I know God can be trusted. You know, I think that was the last thing that Nathan said to me of significance. It wasn't but a few weeks later that we wrapped his body and accompanied with spices, we buried him. Years passed. I was so confused. I was filled sometimes with anger because 
I'd seen this vision of Messiah, but he's dead. He wasn't even a shepherd, he was a sheep. Nothing made sense. It was almost as if God had led me someplace, and I didn't want to be there. A decade passed. Another decade passed. By this time, I myself was having difficulty getting up the steps, but this was my post. This is who I was. And I wasn't going to let anyone take my place. It was then... Some time, long time after that first vision, it was then that a man named Prochorius came to visit me. He said he had heard of me, and he had heard of what I had experienced as a young man, and he wanted me to tell him all about it. He said he, said he was a deacon in a newly formed church that met there in Jerusalem. I could tell him everything as if it happened yesterday. I told him about the angel and the light and the angelic chorus and how we ran to Bethlehem and saw the baby wrapped as if he was prepared for burial. I told him everything. He said he wanted to bring a friend with him. I said, of course. So the next time he came, he came with a man named Luke, who happened to be a doctor, Dr. Luke. And Dr. Luke said he was writing up an account of Jesus' life for a friend. He, 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 he wanted to get all of the details I asked him, why Jesus? He's dead. He said, oh no, Peter. He is alive. And he told me how, how hundreds had seen him alive and many of his disciples had, had already died for their testimony of his life. He said that he had come and I didn't even have to ask him about this. He said he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that he, like these lambs out in our field, he had died in our place to take away the sin that we had. Sin that separated us from God. I was amazed. It made so much sense. And, and at that moment, I truly believed. I, I mean, it's like it all made sense. And I realized what had all been there before me for 50 years, and yet I had rejected 
Jesus had come to die for me, to be my lamb who would be sacrificed in my place. And I know it's true because he's alive, because he lives. I, I asked Dr. Luke, now I'm, I'm just a, an old shepherd, and this man, highly accomplished, very respected. I, I said, Dr. Luke, I've got a question that I've thought about often. He said, what is it, Heber? I said, why did the angels appear to us? Why, why not the wealthy? Why not the educated? Why not scribes or even Pharisees? He thought for a moment. And then he said, why Heber, the message? The message contains the answer. He has been born for everyone, so that everyone from the lowest to the highest could trust in him. He came for everyone. And so, you know, I tell this story as often as I can. I want everyone to know that Jesus died for them. He has purchased my salvation and yours. I do have one regret, though. All those years, it was Nathan that always brought it up. I never talked about it. I'd listen. I'd nod, I'd go along, but I never told my story. I had seen the angels, I had heard the chorus, but I just kept it to myself. I never shared the message. It wasn't until Recorius and Dr. Luke came that I realized God had given it to me so that I could give it to you. And I often think, how many people did I talk to that I never told them what God had done for me? Christ died for your sins. Christ has sent, God has sent his son into the world not to, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That was the message God had given to me. And I squandered many, many years by not sharing it. You know, um, I think Heber's story is a lot of our story. God did something in our lives. He came. He made himself known to us. 
and we trusted in him. We saw our prayers answered. We saw great things happen. And we kept it to ourselves. I've, one of the things I've noticed through the years is that the older people get, the more they talk about spiritual things. Obviously, that's not the way it's supposed to be. God wants us talking about him all the time. He wants us to be the messengers that herald the good news that Christ died for our sins. You know, if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, that's the message for you. You can trust Jesus Christ when a pagan jailer asked the Apostle Paul, what do I need to do to be saved? The Apostle Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. If you've never trusted Christ, the message for you is to trust in him today for salvation, for eternal life. But if you're here and you are one of those that has trusted Christ, maybe even all the way back as a child, the message to you, to me, is to go tell the message. For unto us is born a Savior. It's Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the message of the shepherds, just what they illustrate for us. And Father, I do pray that today that if there's someone here that has not come to faith in Jesus Christ, they maybe been in church all their life, they've done all the things, but maybe it's just never clicked with them as to why Jesus really came. I pray, Father, that today they would trust in him for eternal life. I pray, Father, that today they really and truly would be the recipients of uh, what he did for, for them when he died on the cross as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Father, for us today who have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, I pray, Father, that in just an incredible way we would stop wasting time and Lord we would look for opportunities to share the good news Father that we would be like those shepherds were initially and we'd want to tell everyone and I pray that that wouldn't be just for today or just for this Christmas season Father I pray that we would make it our mission in life to make Jesus Christ known and that he is the source and center of all of our life. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing this last song.